everyone. Welcome back to the Grace Accept Evolve podcast with James and Ray. How you doing today, James? I'm pretty fantabulous, <laughs> Ray. How about yourself? Um, yeah, today's actually been a really good day. Pretty relaxing day. And um, yeah, it's 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 good so far. Good so far. Ah, sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah, mine's been, it's, it's still been active, but like it feels like a really rich active, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a very productive, like completion kind of like, I guess gratifying kind of active. Nice. Activity, yeah. Awesome. Have you been just like working on a bunch of things, like goals, like vision oriented things or? Well, uh, yes and no, I, I would say I've gotten more clarity about like where I'm at in life or my vibration and frequency right now. And then like at the same time too. So I've gotten some insights about that and kind of feel more, even more deeply comfortable in my own skin. And then on top of that, um, I, uh, oh, some projects are uh, like, some some progress was huge progress was made on on some projects and so it finally feels good to have those things be a completion and uh yeah, yeah yeah so i feel like i'm moving into a new phase which nice. was like lovely yeah love that um okay cool so do we want to enlighten the audience on what we're going to be doing for t- for today of course, that's why we're here to enlighten the audience. That's right. Yeah, let's and ourselves do it. and ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, go ahead, James. Let them know. Okay. So welcome, everyone, audience, listeners. Um. Today we're is a special special treat, special uh episode because we're actually going to use this episode to do more of a introduction. So we're going to interview Ray and, and myself. We're going to interview each other so that we can share. Actually, okay, so let's give the whole backdrop. Uh, after the last episode was posted last Tuesday, and um, uh, I had received a, a little bit of comment or feedback or uh, on the episode, and then it, it somehow it just kind of clicked that, and again, it was positive feedback, but it clicked that um, that I'm familiar with Ray, because we've been friends for so long, and I know like her backstory and her experiences and her motivations and her thoughts and ideas and just different experiences and vice versa uh, of her with me. And then it just really registered that, oh, the audience may not know like our complete history and some of the nuances. And um, yeah, and so today's a day that we get more personal, I suppose. We get more introspective um and we share a little bit more about our our background yeah yeah awesome um so yeah guys that's what we'll be doing today james and i have a few questions to ask each other so if it sounds like sometimes we're reading off of a piece of paper to ask a question we are and so um that is happening just to kind of you know, just as a little bit of a guide, but I'm sure that the interview will go, it'll take its own turns and stuff too, I'm sure. Right, right. So, so we, pre- we prepared for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> In some ways. You know, yes. Okay. Yes. All right, James, well, why don't we get into it? Um, do you care what order I ask these in or can I just ask in like what 
um, calls out to me strongest and go that way. Yeah, go with what calls to you or anything that comes up in your head. I, I will have whatever flows up. Go for it. Okay. So I want to start off with one of the more basic questions and then we can kind of move into some of these other really um not the basic ones are not interesting it's just kind of like where people would think we would start um where were you born where were you born sorry that's how you say that sentence where were you born how was life growing up and do you come from a large family yeah so um answer answer those as you see fit where were you born james Okay, so again, for all audience members and listeners, and at some point, really family, uh, because at at some point there's a, a a maturation of audience, you know, share listeners communication. We're we're family basically, uh, you know, at some, on some level. So I was born in New Orleans. So to answer that question, yes, I have a large family because we mm. have we have some listeners uh, around the world. <laughs> but no, just. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but born in, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. And, um, what was the second one? What's the second piece? So, and how was life growing up there? Oh. Or uh, even just within family and stuff like that. So born in New Orleans, Louisiana in the United States. Um, yes, I come from a large family. Uh, both of my parents, uh, both of my grandparents had, um, children in the, in the double digits. So I have plenty of cousins and family members and next generations. And yeah, so it's a whole lot of us. Wow. Um, so with that being said, I guess I'll go into the, 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 the other question is that, uh, it was a bit of a dichotomy because coming from a large family on my dad's side my family was more spread out and yet they were still really close and so that was an interesting way to grow up of i guess model seeing it modeled how to be close and so even maybe when there's like i guess growing up as a kid i wasn't always privy to all the adult activities and behaviors but as i got older i could kind of see okay there might be like agreements, disagreements, love there, and da-da-da-da. But they were always very rooted in that, you know, no matter what, we're family. And then so uh, it was kind of like the opposite on my mom's side, uh, because my mom's side is from here in New Orleans, and has a, it's, a, it's a really large family, even if I go beyond, you know, my, my, um, my just my grandparents. Um, and with that maybe because it's so everybody being in a concentrated space it wasn't as close at least Mm. when i was in a section of when i was growing up everybody wasn't close Mm. and so it was definitely more of a transition in the family of like oh these folks this section of the family hanging together this section of the family hanging together and uh yes i saw more separation or disagreement um and uh, on that side of the family. And so, yeah, that, that I guess maybe on some level, obviously, it did play a role. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, again, audience, I'll just be transparent that I'm being, I'm still being private, but I'm also, like, being, I'm opening up. So I'm not mm-hmm. sharing everything in detail, but um, uh, I'm, I'm 
sharing more. <laughs> yeah. So, and so, yeah, so growing up here was quite interesting. New Orleans was, was a fun place. I mean, it was very, very fun. I recall childhood, we ran around a lot. At that time, school systems was more of a um, neighborhood family thing. So we went to school with people in our neighborhood. So hmm. like where everyone lived determined usually what school they went to, at least in elementary wise and um, and junior high wise. And so, yeah, it wasn't until high school to where it's like, oh, okay, I live in this area, but I could go to high school like way across town. And so growing up, it was quite fun because literally I went to school with my friends that lived in my neighborhood. So it would be at least majority of my friends that I went to school, people I went to school would actually, you know, lived around a corner, lived up the street. And so we could go by each other's houses and, and play on a weekend and then walk home and, and then, you know, again, to hang out while we're at school, obviously learn and have fun. Um, another cool fact, I was in the gifted program, um, or advanced program growing up, uh, in elementary. And so that was pretty cool. And then I went to, uh, I won't go into why, but I went to, uh, my quote unquote district school for seventh grade. And well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say why, you know, if my mom ever hears this, she'll probably want to smack me on the back of the head. Anywho, for any listeners, my mom waited. She procrastinated in applying for my junior, me, you know, my junior high school, and so I applied late for a few of the junior highs I wanted to go to, and I wanted to be on a waiting list. And so, by the time my seventh grade year started, uh, my primary option was to go to my district school. So, my district going to the district school, and you might have heard a little emphasis. Come a little energy come out on that on that D when I said it. Um, cannot always be pleasant. At least it mm-hmm. wasn't at that time. So I went to a district school to where, let's just say the priorities uh, was not education. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there was people from way. It, it was my district school, but I guess on a junior high level, it the the reach reaches out. It uh, let's just say this primarily I'm going to school with other people who also like uh uh didn't have any other options or choices or like for whatever reason because I'm only going there because I didn't uh have any other choice at that time and so that was quite an experience because I mean like people were cutting class they were like smoking weed and playing just all these games it's just like um I'm not going to say it was a reflection of the staff, but the students there, let's just say a large percentage of the students, was not there for education. Like, education wasn't their type priority. Let's just put mm-hmm. it that way. It was more of a different focus. So, like, at that point, I, I mean, I literally got teased for doing homework and, like, mm-hmm. answering questions in class. And so I was like, all right, this isn't going to work. So that was a whole ordeal. Learned a lot about life. Um, and then, so after that experience, my mom put me in a Catholic school for the eighth grade. And that was a whole vastly different experience as well, too. And it was funny because later in life, I would see people that I went to from the district school that I went to. 
And they'd be like, man, why'd you leave? Uh, da, 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 da. It's like, we, we, we're looking for you the next year. And I'd just be like, what? I was like, <laughs> I was like did you not <laughs> experience what I experienced? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but again, here, uh, that was this whole thing, awareness of like different mindsets. So yeah, seventh grade year, district school, that was an eye opener. Uh, eighth grade year, Catholic school, that was somewhat equally an eye opener. And then ninth grade year, I went to, you know, I went to the high school that, I, that I, I wanted to go to or intended to go to and reunited back with my friends and my like-minded folks, uh, uh, at least some people who were focused on education. And yeah, and so that was a, 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 a good bit, um, I guess, going back to childhood. Maybe I'll just stop it there. Is anything else coming up that you want to? talk about or or ask or share or shall i continue or what, what, what we got um I, i'm just i'm just listening to you <laughs> okay okay cool yeah and so where was i gonna go with that so my uh, growing up i guess to go a little bit oh uh, don't want I'm, I'm just thinking audience if i want to go that deep but anywho my, my household was um i have brother i have siblings um, I, I think what I, I would like to ask, if okay. that's okay. Um, what do you feel like, because like going to the podcast and, and what, and maybe what inspired you to want to make the podcast and, and be here and, and do all this. Um, how do you feel like your childhood influenced like your spiritual path and like wanting to talk about topics like this every day, if that makes sense? Um, yes. So I think the biggest part of the inspiration is that New Orleans is a special place. And so I didn't quite grasp the specialness of it until later in life. Mm -hmm. And so again, growing up here, it was a lot of, uh, um, activities, festivals, celebrations, uh, parties, culture, Mardi Gras, parades, this, all these other activities going on. And I'm now I'm speaking more about adolescence. So I guess just to be a little bit more transparent as well, like I started drinking hard liquor at 15. Mm. And so growing up, I just thought that was a normal thing. And I remember even going to the nearby grocery store um, or corner store rather, uh, and they'd ask for ID and just for fun, I remember showing them a student ID and they still sold me the, the alcohol wow. anyway. Wow. And so, yeah, I started heavily drinking at like, or drinking heavy liquor at 15. And so a, I didn't realize the rest of the world didn't live like this until like mm -hmm. actually <laughs> like moved, you know, lived, uh, lived for a little bit in Texas. And then it, it kind of really more sunk in in Texas, um, which even my first time living, you know, I had traveled and visited other places, but I think living somewhere else makes a huge difference or being somewhere for an extended period of time to where, you know, it, it at least allotted me more time to see, to see what habits, you know, everyday habits were different than just like short-term, you mm -hmm. know, experiences. And so, yeah, and I guess even with Texas being so close, because it's just the next state over, but yeah, like 
guidelines, like uh, culture is just way different. I mean, so that, I, I would even argue sometimes that like it's not even just like the state over. I mean, even I don't know if you've ever lived in like Baton Rouge or anything like that. Even the culture here. Yeah, people will drink kind of early, but uh-huh. there are just people I've met from New Orleans that you can just tell like alcohol is like water to them like it's just it's as normal as like going to a freaking water fountain you know and and so and i'm sorry if i say that kind of aggressive i have a past with alcohol and alcoholism in my family so when it's when it's so like easy not only just like easily accessible that's kind of what i feel like i was hearing you say is like to be able to go to a store at 15 and show a student id and them give you alcohol um and then I, and then you kind of started saying that when I asked how how did your childhood influence your spiritual path and like your spiritual awakening process and like um how it's affected that process for you so is that is that like a huge part of it do you feel like somehow cuz as you were saying it that's kind of what came out for you that was like one of the first things you said like I could buy hard liquor at 15 when I asked how they were congruent so do you feel like perhaps it was maybe learning how to live without alcohol that brought you to this more spiritual process or like why do you feel like you because that's where you went to so I was curious yeah 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 I was I was using it as a as a as, as a stark example because I'm sure many people hear mm-hmm. things about New Orleans and that's mm-hmm. one of the uh, reputations that we have I, I think us and maybe in my limited travel I say limited travel experience, but in my limited recollection, the only other place where that I've been to in the States where one can walk around with the open container uh, was Savannah, Georgia. Okay. So in Savannah, um, you can walk down, you know, you can be on River Street and walk around with the open container. And so just equally here, um, you know, people can, you can go from bar to bar, you can be in a grocery store, you can be up the street, you could, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. you can leave, you can leave an establishment with an alcoholic beverage Mm -hmm. and go into another one. And so uh, it was more so to give an example of the lifestyle here, er, because all the listeners and audience members might not be familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, so also the festival, and yes, uh, give an example for the accessibility. So, Growing up in a space where certain things are readily tangible and then within arm's reach, you know, 24 hours a day uh, does play a, a big role or can play a big role in one's development and, you know, uh, our developmental experiences. 24 hours a day and accessible to minors, it sounds like as well. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and cool. not even of legal age, which is right. just so interesting, you know. Yes, yes, yes. And so that started early. Um, and then so growing up here, to get back to your question, growing up here, that would that shaped my early adolescent development mm-hmm. and then kind of going into 20s and 30s. Well, I ain't going to say 30s, but more so like up to, up to about 30. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, that was a huge piece of of life. And again, like I said, it wasn't really to my mid twenties to where it kicked in that oh, okay, the rest of the world doesn't operate like this. Mm. And so, how that plays into my spiritual development is that uh, 
I've lived in different places and traveled different places. And so what I was saying was how growing up here, New Orleans didn't always feel like home or it didn't feel, mm. I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel like I totally belonged in the city or in the area. And so in my late teens, early 20s, I started to travel a lot to try to like find my tribe, so to speak, or see, you know, get in where I fit in or see where I fit in, you know, explore. Um, and then I came back like in my late, I was still here. I guess I was still here kind of off and on in my late twenties. And, um, who was it? I think it was like somewhere 2010, 2011, I was living in North Carolina. By 2010, I was living in North Carolina. I came back here for a short visit and, uh, uh, a few days before I was getting ready to go back to North Carolina, my gut, my intuition told me to be open to, to pretty much told me to stay. Hmm. And I was like, what? I was like, what are you, like, where's this, who, what, 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 you know, doing a gut, we're doing a real gut check, looking inside my gut, looking down, like, wait a minute, where is this coming from? What, what? So anywho, um, and at that time, it was, I was at least wise enough or making an attempt to be wiser because I reflected and I said, well, anytime I regret it, you know, have regret about a decision or an experience, it either happened while I was drunk mm. or it happened when I didn't listen to my, my gut. Mm. So I listened for about a year, got back into like the party lifestyle, stuff like that. That uh, didn't work out. And then so about a year later, I was like, all right, I need something different. And again, audience listeners, I'm paraphrasing a, a lot of stuff. But I was like, I, I need something different. Looked online, found a meditation group um, through meetup.com, actually. And uh, uh, yeah. And then so that- really How old were you? Ever since, huh? You remember how old you were? Uh, I'm not going to give my age. <laughs> I'm timeless. I'm ageless. No, but I, I was in my. I was. It was my early thirties. Okay. And so, uh, uh, I'm more curious for the for the fact of like I'm I'm curious how long it's it's been for you. Like, has it been about a decade now? Has it been? Yeah. No. 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 It's been a decade. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's I've been here ever since. And then, so to continue with answering your question. A big part of my spiritual growth and development and uh, evolution and or even strength, if you will, comes from um, the fact that now I live in New Orleans and I like I get it. Like mm -hmm. I realize why I was born here. I realize mm -hmm. um, the specialness of it. I get the side of the city like we were talking about. Uh, listeners, yesterday we uh, just attended, and a few, me and a few group members, we just attended the first inaugural um, sober fest. That uh, we just had a sober fest, uh, first alcohol-free festival here in in New Orleans, and so to be, there, it's almost like doing a one eighty to come full circle of like, oh my gosh, there's an event that, um, um, that doesn't have alcohol and kind of promotes sobriety. And then even kind of gives more insight and curiosity opens up more um, insight to 
the other side, because again, sometimes, like I say, our city, the city gets this narrative of, or gets the promoted narrative for tourism, maybe, or for the economy. It's like, oh, come down here and release inhibitions and party and da 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 da. Um, but there's this whole other side to the city that uh, is really, really rich and really powerful, and I, and I really feel that adds that energy that attracts people here and that captivates people here when they visit. Like it's, it's yeah, a little bit of it is freedom and liberation and celebration. Uh, and also too, I feel like the city is very heart centered. Um, the energy here is very tangible. Um, the emotions, the, the creativity, the culture, the music, but even the stuff, like I say, taking it deeper, the stuff that inspires the music, inspires the creativity, inspires the, the emotional connection and the friendliness or the, the conversations that are had. Um, yeah, I, I get it now. And, uh, um, and so to answer your question, that was a huge piece to kind of spiritually grow or spiritually evolve, quote unquote, in the city that I was born in around my family members, you know, because yeah. I, I saw that it was very different than if I lived somewhere else and I couldn't communicate with them. But, you know, it, it's different being in the same city. And then also add it being in the same environment that has these childhood memories and has mm -hmm. these childhood uh, emotions. And again, still has the alcohol, still has the food, still has the, um, all these other elements that, probably, you know, I succumbed to when, you know, when I was, uh, uh, growing up, but now to like still be in that element and then be different and like, be experiencing something different, you know, is a huge piece. Yeah. I was about to ask, like, do you feel like adopting a more spiritual path is what helped you realize like the richness and appreciate the city to where it actually feels like home now? Do you feel like without, without beginning a spiritual path and like, the direction you've been going on the past few years, do you think you would have developed that understanding and felt that rich richness of the city and, and things like that? Appreciation yeah. for it? Yeah, there's, there's really no, yeah, there's really, uh, I can't even separate the two. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, because the, the journey of, again, even the reason why I'm here, following my intuition, you know, following an intuitive message, um, yeah, that's a big part of, you know, the spiritual, at least my spiritual path. Um, and I know this is like your inter your interview, and there was something that came up today that I was listening to on a podcast that it, it kind of reminds me of New Orleans where, and, and like the differences in how you're talking about it, because it's um, basically a Buddhist principle of the hungry ghost. Have you ever heard mm. of that? Mm -mm. Um, it, gives a, it gives a feeling of like you're never satiated never satiated always chasing something always needing more always it's always achieving and, and always empty kind of feeling and i feel like in new orleans that can be such an easy trap to fall into where desires and inhibition and um always going towards how do i don't want to call it i don't want to call it like cheap thrills but it's it's an easy place to have your desires met and still feel very empty mm -hmm if that makes sense and also the way that you've kind of made it it's it's like maybe now you're able to appreciate it and it's it's it still has that has that heart centered i can be fulfilled here i can move forward here i can still have goals here 
but I'm always I'm not always coming up on empty every time I I go grab something because everything is so accessible right in New Orleans like you were saying like you can drink at 15 it's accessible you can I mean let's just be honest every anything you want any satiation you can desire fill in the blank can be found in New Orleans food sex drugs like let me just tell you what I'm thinking and yeah. so and so um True. with everything like that at your fingertips there like I said it's like chasing the hungry ghost and I like I like how you I like how you say because I do get that feeling from New Orleans not only that it's a place where you can instantly um, meet all of your desires, but it's also very heart centered and things are so opportunity is accessible there as well. And it seems like you've tapped into that source of it um, and, and aren't always coming up empty all the time as well. Kind of sounds like. Yeah. 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 Like I said, it's played a huge role in peace in my, one of the uh, mantras or statements of, uh, 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 adopted or taken on, I was like, oh, it's the same way, you know, they usually say about New York or LA or California or something. It's like, but in New Orleans, you know, if, if one can make it here, uh, uh, they can make it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's like, yo, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause everything is just, you know, is, is right there. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was better. I mean, even growing up, I mean, like there were a few years, and I think we're currently a little bit. Let's just keep it at the at the previously. But even growing up, we were uh, like the murder capital, you know, mm -hmm. per capita uh, um, within the country for a few years in a row. Uh, and so, yeah, there was just all these different sides. That again, if one doesn't live here, and they're just kind of like I was talking about visiting temporarily. You know, you could catch a glimpse of it and maybe, again, read a headline or, or see a movie or listen to a band or attend a festival every year. But it's different waking up to it and like AK, you know, quote unquote, trying to survive or quote unquote, trying to thrive or doing one's best to thrive or quote unquote, looking to evolve and ascend or transcend or transform or whatever one may call it uh within that environment and it's like okay this is this is the energy i i have i say have to work with but i mean choose to whatever the case may be if i live here i'm choosing to or this is again the energy i have to work with and so it then it then becomes you know the journey or process of working with that energy and and um yeah and growing from there so yeah so like with all that that being said, and thank you so much for being open and sharing. Um, are there like certain, like we have, are there certain teachings or practices um, that are contributing to your life now and maybe even contributed to you, obviously, on this path of like appreciation and finding the depth of life and um like a deeper meaning i mean it would is that how you would phrase it maybe that your spiritual path has kind of allowed you to find a deeper meaning to life or what would you how would you describe what your spiritual path has added to you and, and things like that yes i would add my answer to that is yes because a it also kind of matches my personality so uh, I've heard uh, for for listeners or audience members another Sharon, my astrological sign is a Scorpio, and so I've heard uh, New Orleans referenced 
as a Scorpio city or a Scorpion city, mm-hmm. Scorpion energy. Okay. And so, yeah, from that lens, I totally get it. Because mm-hmm. again, growing up here, I might've experienced or seen some things on the surface level or in the immediate, you know, immediate lens or eye, eye, whatever. Cause it, again, even when I say that you gotta, I'm also thinking about like billboards, right? Like there's just tons of billboards about food and restaurant and bars and alcohol, uh, that's probably like 80% of the billboards. <laughs> Eat at here, have a drink there, party at there, da 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 da. And, uh, and so, um, nah, I lost my track of thought, but also uh, plenty of churches on every corner, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have, we have tons of, tons of churches. So, what was the question again? Basically, like how you feel that your, uh, spiritual beliefs. If, if, has there been? Well, first, oh, oh, oh. I asked you if, like, yeah, your I spiritual path have, has added to your like the step that you have found, and then are there certain teachings or practices that really contributed to that process, or even would say that are contributing now to your process and life? And I was like, yeah, so it's yeah, it's definitely helped me see things uh, beneath the surface, below mm-hmm. the surface. Because again, like I said, growing up here, things being so certain things being so accessible and available. And then, like you said, it, it going to reaching a point, a culmination to where uh, there was still like this emptiness there mm. or this need to like, OK, I need to do more and more and more because I'm searching for something. And then so to have everything available and accessible and still not reach fulfillment or be feel yeah. fulfilled then comes the question like, oh, okay, well, what, is there something wrong with me? Is it the environment? Is it, what, what's going on? And then, so again, to be able to reach some sense of fulfillment within the same environment and be like, oh, okay, there's just a whole nother side or a whole different lens. And again, like we have shared or stated before, it's like necessarily the, the city on some level or to some degree hasn't changed. But it's easy to see that I've changed. Yeah. And so now I do see the change and I am experiencing a change or the difference within myself outside of, you know, externally, because I go to different events. I hang around, you know, I'm still as active and and especially even lately, I still feel like I have that celebratory or celebration um, party, social energy going on. It's just the context that it's in expressed in and the way it's expressed and the way it's revealed and, 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 and done is just totally different. And right. so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I totally see that here. I get it here like real time. So what do you feel like are the certain like practices and or teachings that contribute to your experience now? Like, is there anything specifically that you like, I don't want to say mantra, but to give mantra as an example, like, is there any phrases that you've learned along the spiritual path that have really kind of changed and transformed you? Um, or, you know, I don't know, maybe some meditation that uh, contributes to your daily life, like things like that. Uh, what do you feel like you've picked up along the way and that maybe that you'll even want to express here on the podcast? Because there, I mean, big reason we're doing this interview is to is to maybe dig a little bit deeper as to like 
what's your background and like and also what we want to bring to this space you know Mm -hmm. a lot of it's what we've learned or how we've grown through our experiences on this spiritual journey so um what are some some like the main ones that you've picked up along the way yeah so i can definitely share again with the audience with the family members that are listening because again i'm I'm calling everybody family now Hmm. um not everybody but you know the listener i was was about to say james i was like y'all that's a big step for james all right right no then let me get that click the listeners (laughs) not the general public i'm not i'm not that expanded but the listeners to this podcast y'all are family (laughs) i love that um and so uh uh these virtual you know what i mean like again you know you still gotta get to know each other um, and anywho, uh, uh, I almost lost the question again. It's okay. But, uh, what it, yeah, I the contributing. I got it. Okay. Got you got it. it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so to share more and, uh, also as, as Ray said, there's a lot of churches here. So New Orleans is also a very spiritual also and religious, um, town or city mm-hmm. or region. And so... Yeah, so that even sparked my quest to when I wasn't fulfilled mm. or I was only fulfilled to a certain degree through the church or through traditional, you know, whatever I had been exposed to at that time, that spark that also was included in my curiosity of like, well, what's different? What else is out there? Right. And so probably in my early 20s, um, I got more into, I studied the the, the Tao um and uh or Taoism and uh some native traditions and cultures um and then probably in my late 20s I got more into yeah so early 20s was like studying the Tao studying indigenous cultures and traditions later 20s was more of the like the law of attraction so forth and so on um Late, I would say early 30s since then, it's been a little bit more of um, or what was added to the fold was more of like Eastern philosophies, but like in the Hindu tradition, but then also um, different African traditions and cultures. Mm-hmm. And so still indigenous, but like uh, I can't say the specifically West Af- West African traditions. I'm still learning about that. Uh, but definitely like Egyptian traditions, Egyptian Book of the Dead, Egyptian um, ah. spirituality, and so forth. Uh, Interesting. Or things more of East African. And I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. Huh? I had no idea. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. That's that, that's yeah. Definitely incorporated in my in my in my ars- You know, in my in my repertoire. So. Um, so yeah, so lately in most recent years it's been hen uh uh practices out of India and um practices more so from northeastern uh Africa. And then so and uh South America, obviously still South American, some South American traditions for sure. Uh so it's been like a, a trifecta or a blend of those three in most recent years. And then the one benefit, well, really the thing that captivated me here was for listeners, at one point I was part of a school of thought called Oneness, and it was based off a school out of one, out of, called Oneness University out of India. 
And the thing that captured me or, or made that so um, special for my path at that time is it was the first place, again, different things may have resonated for different people, but one of the practices that they had or things that they encouraged was to just be with it, mm -hmm. just be. Mm -hmm. Like, so after probably a few years of, not probably, after like four years of studying the law of attraction and kind of still like not really feeling like not getting it or feeling frustrated. It was the first place where I encountered and someone said, just just sit and be with whatever's happening. And then the other piece that I interpreted in was inviting grace. So they, mm -hmm. did, they did a practice, which is a, a common practice in different Hindu traditions or those um, traditions from, well, really, I guess all across the world, it's just called different things, but they did a practice called Diksha, which again, through my interpretation was just allowing grace to flow. And then, so there was particular initiations or training to do that form of diksha, which their form of diksha was um, for awakening humanity and consciousness. So it was had specifically to do with, like some people or some traditions have diksha for opening the heart. Some um, some traditions call, you know, what the, they would reference as dikshas, like laying on of the hands, even in like Christianity. Can we Bible. give, uh -huh. would, would you describe like uh, the definition? I know you said your interpretation was allowing grace to flow. Is there like an understood kind of definition though? Isn't Diksha just like a blessing kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, it's a blessing. Okay. So okay. it's a blessing. Yeah, it could be a blessing from a teacher or an enlightened person or um, from a certain lineage or tradition. So and, so, and so when James is saying like they have Diksha for... Or what you were naming the Awake, different kinds. Awake. Yeah, awakening. So it basically, it's almost kind of in my head too, if people are familiar with Reiki or pranic healing or mostly Reiki, like if you ever see Reiki videos, they'll say Reiki for anxiety, Reiki for depression. Okay. It's almost like different blessings with different intentions, mm -hmm. allowing that to, to um, be the intention while giving the blessing. Just for people that's because Disha, um, it's been such a long time since I've even heard you say that word. And like, right. from even though I've been to a workshop and I am a certified Disha giver as well, I think we all got certificates that time at that uh, retreat we went on in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, I think I got a certificate there, but uh, but it's been so long since I've heard that word. I was like, oh, I wonder if anybody, some people maybe listening today never heard of it. So, um, but yeah, I love how you interpret it as like it's allowing grace to flow i love that one and i just wanted to just in case anybody was confused when yeah it, other yeah yeah so that through and so i was with that school or participated in those activities for about four yeah about four years about three and a half to four years and so i really and again that was my initial introduction back to the city or you know that was a big huge of my introduction or reintroduction back to the city and so basically for four years, I practiced or in implemented just sitting and being and inviting in grace. And then so that was a huge piece of my transformation was like just cultivating how to be, just, you know, how to, just being. Yeah. I ask you, um, and I actually think I want to talk about this on another episode. So if we, if, if you just want to like... Uh, either say yes or no, I want to talk about this, don't, it's fine. Um, but so do you still, pra I already know the answer to this, but maybe other people don't. 
since you followed that school of thought, I know personally that you don't anymore. Can you share a little bit of like why? Uh, and and what you continue because I feel like this goes under that question of like what did you take and what's contributed to your process and and are there still some that you do or don't um prescribe to that makes you know yeah 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 uh so it was actually the uh, in the similar vein it was like listening to intuition or following clues and mm -hmm. so what happened at that time the local community here uh, like right towards the end of 2015, the group that I had originally found in 2012, um, it is dis dispersed. Like the person who founded the group here locally, she was like, you know, got really busy in life, and the place where they were holding the meetings had um, had uh, went out of business, and so they were like, uh, so she was like trying to find a place, but kind of like overwhelmed and this, that, and the third. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll host meetings uh, in New Orleans because it was in a suburb outside of here until you find another place. Um, but that never happened. Mm. So that happened, and there was some other little extra community drama with that whole um, uh, disbursement or disbandment of the group um, that may, you know, come up in another episode. But again, you know, that's it's kind of what I touch on when when we speak of like, oh, falling out or, you know, just detachment from a community, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but uh, anywho, to kind of stick to the thing. <laughs> so that happened. The group, the local group fell apart. The founders of the school also in like 2015, 26, really more like 2016, I guess. The founders of the school were retiring. And so their son and daughter-in-law were taking over. And then so some things were like shifting or changing with the school itself. And I really didn't resonate with the daughter-in-law and, um, and the son. Mm -hmm. And so I get that they, you know, have benefits and, you know, things are beneficial and da da da, da. It just, yeah, I, I, I didn't resonate with it. And then so um, there was one other thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... That was a big piece of, there was a couple of other things, personal things that happened in my life that were, yeah, it was just super evident that a change was happening. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, okay. You know, I kept trying to follow and, and go along with the, the, the changes that were occurring. Um, but it was, it, it, at some point it became clear like, oh, okay, it, uh, you know, something else is, a different direction is calling me or is speaking to me. Or I'm supposed yeah. to go in a different direction. Yeah. And then so I, I went that way and, um, yeah, and then so those are uh, the, the, I mean, really it set the foundation of who I am and how I am or at least my practice today. Because, yeah. And that's a huge piece of. It's still how I facilitate meditations. It is. It's um, I still follow the same routine. There's the mm -hmm. same. That was my training. That's the bulk of my certification at that time. Uh, as far as in the meditation space, you know, I have other now experience and training in other traditions and our practices. But, um, yeah, it just allowing. Oh, another thing I got from them was um, they were really big on having a personal connection with the divine hmm. and cultivating that personal connection with the divine. And it could be, again, I guess just like AA to the divine to, or God to one's understanding of it. 
Yeah. And so they really never really forced one to adopt or accept one interpretation of mm -hmm. the divine. They more so really set a tone for a space for people to, to find their own connection or, or to explore their own definition or yeah. their own. And so that was huge. And then so I got a big piece out of that. And, and again, to show the synchronicity is that uh, when I was growing up, my mom never forced us to go to church when talking about religion and spirituality because she wanted it to be our own decision. And she mm -hmm. wanted us to have our own personal connection. Uh, so I didn't really, I didn't get baptized. I was like in my, um, uh, since, since I was like 14. And so, uh, but she wanted us to be our own decision. And so that always stuck in my head of like, oh, um, or the way it, uh, it evolved was like, oh, okay, spirituality in my unconscious or subconscious is that spirituality is for me, at least in my destiny, quote unquote, is about personal connection. And so it's important that I feel that personal connection. I have that personal connection. I have that bond. I have that um, rapport, that interaction, or I have that belief or that feeling. And so, uh, yeah, that was super important about the school is like they definitely uh, tailored to helping people discover they're a they emphasize the importance of it and then b they actually use tools and techniques to help people like explore well what is my bond with mm -hmm. what is my connection with the divine what is my interpretation with the divine is there something i need to heal is there anything i need to clear out and why um again why yeah why are certain things happening or, or unfolding so yeah that's a huge piece yeah yeah Okay, good. I, I'm glad that we went into that because I, I I did, I always found it so interesting that you did prescribe that school of thought and like it was, it was very, um, it, I, I would say, I wouldn't say it was like, I don't know, we would talk about it almost at the beginning of every meditation. We would kind of reference the Oneness University and some of the teachings from them. And then slowly you stopped doing that. And I was like, uh, I think I'd asked you about it. I was like, James, do you, you still do the oneness thing? He's like, you were like, uh, so, kind of, but not really. And it was just like, and it was always kind of that, even though I noticed, like you said, the format was very similar and, and like you, you took what you needed from it and then you've allowed it to just let it go too, which I've always thought that was so interesting. I think it's really important to point out that it's okay if, if, you know, we step away from certain teachings or certain teachers and certain practices yeah. and we're still allowed to take whatever we benefited from that path or those teachings or teachers while also going our own way and maybe not referencing or or serving you know what I, that makes you know yeah well i i definitely want to add in to the to the audience or or members family members here to our family here um so for that, another cool thing about their school, which is again a, a same thing, uh, 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 how I, I, I roll anyway, or <laughs> you know, it's even more heightened or increased now, is that they they had a take it or leave it facilitation anyway. Mm -hmm. So they every time I say every time, but in majority of the training, the classes, the workshops, they were like, if it resonates, great. 
if it doesn't resonate, let it go. Mm-hmm. Like they they didn't force any doctrine or philosophy on anyone. They just say, hey, if something jumps out and you get it, uh, perfect. If it if if it doesn't resonate, uh, one doesn't feel it. Just let it go over you know the the head, or just let it go in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And so the other key piece, I, I really love that because um, it made it it made me more open and receptive to again find my own way, find my own truth within this this setting. And then also too, um, they also emphasize, especially in the training piece, that um, they always encouraged or repeated and encouraged repeatedly encouraged that to only. Um, how can I best put this? The best time to share a teaching is once it becomes that person's truth. So like if I'm sharing or I'm encouraging, and I guess going back even to the podcast and things that the topics that we cover or the experiences that we talk about, like once it becomes my truth, then I can then share it and facilitate and so forth and so on. Mm. So they were very heavy about like, um, yeah, something be being a person's truth. Mm. And so if it's my truth, once it becomes my truth, uh, oh, that was the piece. It's like, they didn't, they didn't take ownership to any teaching. They would be like, okay, mm. we're sharing this, but they're like the authors of it, or they're not the originators of it. It's like, and so that that practice or that energy or that that culture was passed on of like um, equally anything that I share at this point it's 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 I'm not the originator of it I'm not the author of it it is my truth though which is why I share it and so that was always a big piece of um, yeah so I mean I, I literally I did <laughs> everything everything that they say do like what I share what I got from it and. Da, 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 da. It's it, it's now my truth, which was yeah. their whole goal anyway. It's like yeah, Very once cool. something becomes you know, uh, a person's truth, then it's theirs. Yeah, to yeah. Share, I'll, you know, I'll even I'll even share like through your meditations and through the exposure of that group. I I do feel like that's where I first started to learn grace, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and acceptance of where we are because you would always say. Um, I think it, I could be wrong. I, I feel like I've said it on the podcast before. Uh, acceptance is the first or, or awareness. Awareness is the first step. And so to me, that's where grace came in for me that I actually, and hopefully I don't get emotional. Um, it was the first time I didn't feel like I had to fix myself mm. in that moment, you know, with having, see, I'm, I'm going to cry, but like, you know, growing up Christian, it was always me to repent and rectify sin. If I was aware of that, I was sinning that I needed to, if I was aware of it, then there was even more pressure on how to fix it, how to stop it, how to manage it, how to do all these things. And it wasn't until I was exposed to that awareness is the first step that I just really felt like, okay, my only job today is to be aware, be aware of when this trigger comes up be aware of when i'm not acting with the integrity that i want to be acting in i don't have to change it 
I don't have to manipulate myself at this moment. I don't have to set a goal list. I just have to be aware. I just have to know what I'm doing. I just need to be conscious of myself. And it was through that process with that consciousness and with without having that weight on my shoulders all the time to change myself and, you know, forgive myself. And like, even that was a relief. I didn't even have to forgive myself in that moment or ask for forgiveness. Like some things are just hard enough to be figuring out that you're doing that. So it's really taken a lot of weight off my shoulders and it's made my transformation easier because I also through them too I I could be making this up but sometimes I would just go to meditation because I knew the energy just being in the energy was beneficial I also didn't have to meditate perfectly that day I fell asleep through a lot of your meditations James and I don't think I don't think you ever (laughs) took offense to that but actually I'm sure and I was even they even said before I've heard them say it like um They think that some, or maybe I'm making this up. I've heard it through someone, maybe not directly from them. But even people that fall asleep during meditations, they say some of them are the most enlightened because you don't even have to be awake in order to receive the energy. Like sometimes energy is more received when you are fully unconscious. (laughs) Um, Just like how music, sometimes music goes straight. You don't, you don't have to be aware of how the music affects you. It's actually, it's, it's why you need to be aware of where you're placing yourself because your energy is always open anyways. So I would actually, it was the first place I felt safe to fall asleep during meditations. I didn't have to care if I was too tired to go because I knew I was allowed to nap. And so all of those things were allowed. And, um, yeah, I really love that about their teachings. And again, I don't reference them a lot or, or even look up their their website anymore, but they were, it was a huge part of my acceptance journey because awareness is the first step. And I think acceptance was my next step and so mm. on. Um, or maybe grace was my next step and then acceptance was my next step and evolving was after that. So maybe we need to name the podcast Aware, Grace, <laughs> Accept, <laughs> Evolve. But um Awesome, James. Uh, thank you for, well, I just shared for a few minutes, but thank you for talking and entertaining me wanting to dive a little deeper into that because that's how I met you was through through that train of, of thinking and, and ideas. So Yes, 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 yes. And so um, for listeners, I used to travel at one point, like I was um, traveling, I was living in New Orleans, but I was still going to like nearby cities. So I'd go to one city a nearby city where Ray was like every Tuesday and then I'd go to another nearby city in a different direction uh, twice a month on Wednesdays and then I'd be in New Orleans um, hosting uh, every Thursday and then so I did that for a few years really yeah and uh, so yeah that's been part of my journey of being back of being living back in the area I've been I've been rolling ever since <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. a great job. Um, thank you. Thank you. All right, James. Well, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up this segment? Yeah, I think I think I am good. Let me see. Is there, well, before, is there any other question that you see that's jumping out that I, I would answer? I wouldn't, you know, give the long in-depth answer, but um, Let's see. there was some other thing on there that you wanted to ask quickly or briefly. 
Okay. Somewhere. I don't know what's going on with Blanche today. This is just, she's being a little much today. Honey. Okay. I'm just trying to jump up here. Um, did I ask what currently inspires your spiritual path? Did I do that one? Yeah, I think that was a piece of it, but I'll, I'll go, I'll elaborate more on it. Okay. So, so yeah. So, so James, what, um, just as we're wrapping up, like, what do you feel is currently inspiring your spiritual path? So I remember I, I answered something similar to this recently at one of a, a gathering because we were having a talking circle. And so even the um, techniques that I do at the talking circle is something I got through my training with Wondish University. And, um, and so I remember I apologized to the group. Hmm. And uh, I apologize, and I was like, if I've made any state mistakes in the past, or if uh, I'm also, you know, whether the group felt like I did or not. Um, uh, well, actually, let, let me just give more context to, you know, for our, for our listeners slash members here. Um, the previous Friday at the talking circle, um, I was talking about, I was sharing about, uh, um a friend that had passed away recently. Mm. And so when I, when I got to sharing about it, I know sometimes I could get really sensitive when I'm sharing and, and, you know, really get into the emotion. And so when I was sharing about it, yeah, I just, uh, the emotion was just really strong. Mm. So it was kind of funny the way the meeting ended just because I, I wasn't like fully there. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of like caught in the emotion. And then so, but then, you know, so it ended, the meeting ended, but then as usual, we stay in a park continuing to talk. So we talk in, intentfully or we listen or communicate with intention of about an hour. And then for about 30, for 30 minutes, five along, we just, you know, have more of a loose communication. Um, so, yeah, we stayed in a park probably like another hour or some change. So the following Friday, we were talking and sharing and I said, oh, I was just because I felt some type of way about so like I was apologizing about the previous Friday if I had gotten like tense or emotional towards the end of the meeting. And uh, so I was like, I'm apologizing for anything in the past. I'm also apologizing for any future mistakes I may make. <laughs> and uh, and so I told the group, I was like, I'm just doing my best to share um, all the, the gifts that I've received in the past few years mm -hmm. or the benefits I feel like I've gained in the past few years. Like I don't have it figured out. Like I'm just doing my best to like try to share everything I feel like I've received or again, that may have, you know, not may, but that's become my truth. So I really, as I, and I say this to the group, I don't always know what that looks like. You know, I'm, it's kind of evolving as we go. Um, so to answer your question, that's basically what's, the inspiration or that's the frequency that's the vibe right now it's like oh okay like i've had this transformation i've had this shift in my life and again been able to be harmonious or be more harmonious be more healthy be more aware be more present be more loving be more in tune with my emotions be more angry and let it go you know when you be all these sorts of things and uh be depressed and i get stuck in depression and or be sad and and welcome sadness so all these sorts of things it's like and i've grown and you know what i mean so much from it 
So it's like, okay, now the next question is, what are all the beautiful ways I can share it? And, um, and, uh, yeah, it's almost like one of those things of when people say, uh, once someone takes like the blue pill or whatever pill it is, there's no turning back. Or once someone has, um, seen truth or something, there's like really no way to revert back. Or when I say quote unquote truth, you know, that person's truth. Once they've, something's been revealed, there's no way to turn back. And so now the motivation is like, okay, well I'm aware. So now let me share. Sharing is, sharing is caring (laughs) and it's, and it's fun. So that's, that's, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Are you familiar with the, the poem, The Guest House by Rumi? I've heard it before. I don't know know it verbatim, but I've heard it. I kind of want to read but, it before we Okay, go, yeah, go for it. Because something you just said made me think a lot about it, and, I, and it's one of my favorite poems. Mm. So it's called The Guest House. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them all at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Rumi. I love that one just because kind of how you were saying it, it's, it's like, yeah, there's an acceptance that I think we do here, but also I think there has been a level of invitation. We've been inviting the emotions. We are allowing them to stay. We're allowing them to speak, allowing them. Well, I saw you kind of roll your eyes for a second. Um, Maybe not allowing them to stay, but giving them space to stay and giving them space to be heard. And Well, to be good, the eye roll was more about the invitation (laughs) part. That was my brain doing a quick assessment of my invitations. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. and and My conscious invitations. And some of them, like it said, unexpected arrivals. Mm, We just never know when one is going to visit. And I like that poem because it's kind of tells a lot about the journey that I think if that maybe we're all taking in different ways, but mm. it would be nice if each time we felt one of these emotions, we kind of, we just greeted them. We said, hello, mm. allowed them to sit, give them some tea, ask them what's up and then allow them to go when it's time for them mm. to go. And, you know, and I've noticed treating my anger with respect, even like my depression. I actually re- in a way, I respect my depression. And I like that you used that word and, and that you admitted that those are feelings you have because sometimes people don't like to admit it. But um, there is a respect there. It's not that my depression has come to debilitate me. I use it as a way of 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 a gauge that something is debilitating me. Something has ran my energy to the ground and my depression is only there as a visitor to say, hey, you're run down right now. Let me tell you about it. This this place, this time that you're sharing with this person, it's really taking from you. Like it's it's trying to tell me something. It's not right. trying to ruin my day. And just like anger, anger's not there to to make us lash out at the world. It mm-hmm. could just be there to say, "Hey, there's a boundary you're not setting. Can we talk about it?" 
you know, it's, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. it's one of my favorite little poems. I even like to, yeah, even, especially with anger, I like to think, oh, there's something I'm passionate about. Yeah. And like follow the passion. Sometimes mm-hmm. what comes up as well too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. Well, James, thank you for sharing your story with us today. I really appreciate it. Ah, I appreciate the interview, Ray. <laughs> and even like to l- listen to the syntax of those words. Like we even have an inter view, you know, so it's a view more entering, entering into a view through inner expression and, and depth, or like you said, through invitations. So thank you for the invitation to, to do so. No, James has a really unique way of viewing words, and I really like it. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't, y'all may not under, y'all don't, y'all may not get what he just did there, but this is something I really like about James. He he can see words very interesting, like or he can break them down very well and and find multiple ways to look at them. Um, it'll probably come out a lot through the podcast, and maybe you've heard him do it. I've almost, I'm a can almost guarantee you've heard him do it before. Um, it's just something I've, I've noticed, like as my friend, he's done that a lot over the years. And also if people want to, this is coming through in the, in the spirit as well. If people want to get more insight into my journey or at least the frequency and words. So I do have a book that Mm -hmm. was inspired by my return back to the city and my insights and I guess just vibration and frequency of Mm -hmm. that whole process. And so... It's a collection of, uh, on the surface, I call it a collection of quotes, photographs, and affirmations. Uh, and it, yeah, but underneath the surface, there's definitely something to it, something there. And so it's called the um, Graceful Reflection. Uh, I got the book right here. Oh, thanks. So, yeah, very cool. And so uh, I have a website or my digital page, because I like those words better, speaking of words. Um, is uh, jameseditor.com, and I guess another uh, revelation or truth. So my middle name is actually Editor. And so when people see that, I even had a close friend of mine recently, and this is if she ever hears this, she was like, what's up with Editor? Because it's also like on my Facebook page. And so she's like, what's up with Editor on your name? And I was like, that's my middle name. Like, we've mm-hmm. been friends for five years. <laughs> but anywho, so, um, yeah. So, listeners, friends, family, you can go to jameseditor.com, get the book. It's up also on multiple different platforms, uh, Amazon, book, uh, Goodreads, uh, Barnes & Noble, Um if you do order it, do the site. Just you might send me a message or something, and I'll, I'll do an autograph for you. Um, um, yeah, and actually, there'll be some other cool things coming up here in the very near future. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, www.jameseditor.com. Oh, and you can find me on uh, a lot of different platforms with James Editor Twitter, Facebook. Do, I have an Instagram, but that might be personal. I can't recall. Um, yeah, the best things is probably Facebook or Twitter. And, uh, yeah, so thank you all so much. Thank you for, again, letting me share and listening. You're so welcome, Jay. I'm trying, I'm actually like looking through and, um, all the dog-eared pages that I have. So I wanted to read, read, uh, a page, uh, but I didn't know if you would want me to. 
Let's save it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll keep it in the treasure chest. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. You're like pull it out. But yes, everyone, this is what the book looks like. And um, yeah, go grab it. Very proud of my friend. Oh, thank love, you. Thank you. Thank you. Love this. Love this little book. And um, actually, I think I told James once that he his poems remind me of Rumi. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. told you that before. Um, but maybe you forgot, and that's okay. But like, uh, oh, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, I like just yeah. So thank you for writing that. So Thanks. all right, guys. So um, yeah, do all the normal things. Subscribe, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Email us at graceaccepteval at gmail dot com. Continue to share your stories. Um, James, I don't know, like if you feel comfortable sharing something that someone's told you over the past week or so, just, you don't have to say their names or anything like that. But if you feel open to sharing some feedback you've gotten on the podcast or thank anybody, we can, maybe we can just thank, maybe we could say a name. Thank you. So-and-so for. Well, I, 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 I think all the listeners there, there, they know who they are. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're clear about who they are that have sent messages and sent uh, comments or emails. And so I just want to encourage and um, for more, like we appreciate them. I share them with Ray and or we yeah. talk about them. And um, I'm always thankful to reply or, or share more uh, info, insight. Like I say, for friends um, who have my phone that send the text messages and how they much they appreciate that. Episode. Oh, they're. The, the biggest thing I've heard from it is I, I've had multiple people say, like, I'm really getting a lot from it. Mm-hmm. And so that always feels like really good. It's like it does. to have the uh, listeners to go through the different episodes like, oh, and actually, I guess this was a good one. Um, oh, this would be perfect. So my friend Claire, uh, Claire Bigley, uh, which is B-I-G-L-E-Y. She actually uh, is a musician and a creative. She did the intro music on um, the episodes that are on the physical pod, you know, the audio podcast. And so you could check her out um, at Soul Song Quest, I believe is her, her is her website. But you can find it. You can find a link in the body of the the podcast episode. Uh, but we had lunch yesterday, and she said um, that she is she's. In October, so in one of the episodes that we done, she's still in October, because mm-hmm. she said she realized she some of the things that we say and share, she likes to sit and digest them, mm-hmm. and so she really wants to sit with it and like really take it in. So sometimes she'll be like, I think she, I might be making this up, but I think she said sometimes she'll listen while she's like gardening, mm-hmm. and she'll. She wants to really absorb what's being said or the insights and the quotes and different things. So that was that was quite beautiful to hear her say that. Very so, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Claire, for composing our music and for listening. We appreciate yeah. it. We appreciate everybody that's showing up with us every week just to, you know, be a part of this. I mean, to me, it feels like a talking circle. I feel like almost we should rename it, but uh, to the talking circle. But I actually think I looked that one up and it's already taken. So uh, this is what we've got. But I, I do like the vibe. I like the vibe of just coming and chatting. Oh. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs>